Hey everybody, and welcome to another exciting, pretty okay podcast from the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Tonight I do have a microphone plugged in. I have checked three times and continue to check about every 30 seconds because (laughs) apparently I didn't have mine plugged in last week. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're pretty okay, <laughs> you make you make pretty okay bloopers. So it happens. My bad. Which the thing that kills me is I, reg- since I teach online now during this pandemic, I am always using my microphone and it's always plugged in my computer when I have class. So one would think that I would be used <laughs> to that. But I just saw, I'm like, there are waves. There are waves on my computer. So it must be recording. Of course the microphone's there. That's not how it works. Yeah, the, the computer microphone's not quite to the same level as uh, the good microphone. Yeah, well, I did, I did better this week. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think I reminded you like three times. Today? Yeah. Last yeah. week you did not remind me. I did. Well, because it's never been a problem before. <laughs> so I, didn't I like think to it keep things to exciting, babe. Or just keep, you know... <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. All right. So we've been teasing a new segment that Katie's going to be doing. And today we will officially kick off Katie's fickle favorite. And that's going to be um, the fickleness of the way Katie picks her favorite fan, favorite <laughs> member of the Riveted. And uh, I'll just let her pick a new fan because I think she has one or maybe two or three. Or I don't know. I can't keep This is up. a completely I'm... unauthorized segment because I feel like it just makes you look petty. <laughs> well, let's, we've crossed that road. We've already t- <laughs> done this like twice, but we're just making it official now. I, but then when you make it official, then it's like I have a thing and I'm treating people unfairly and playing favorites because you all really are my favorites. You know, we've had other things that have come and gone, so people will just expect it. They'll think after a couple of weeks we'll just forget about it anyway, which is probably the case. So for those two weeks, let's just have some fun with it. Um, so I love all of you, and you're all my favorites. But uh, this week, or last week, um, I did hear a little shout-out. Someone mentioned that I had mentioned. Well, they didn't mention my name personally, so they almost didn't get on the Fickle Favorite list for this. Because next time I want to shout out specifically to me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The fickleness is getting even more specific. But Dan and Tim did mention the podcast on their little, their channel, not little channel. It's a cool channel. Um, But I have to tell you guys, I get confused on what the name is. Because I was looking at the YouTube video. And I was trying to decide, like, oh, do I say that their show is called Board Game Rundown? Or is it Game Talk Network? Or are they the same thing? Are they two different things? I don't know. I think it's Board Game Rundown. Okay. Just having some branding issues here. But (laughs) um, currently, I I would say Tim and Dan are, are my number one fans right now. However... Uh, there is word spreading. <laughs> just just wait. <laughs> <laughs> that someone is working hard to overtopple you because they made a visit to Speedway. Now I'm gonna wait till it sh- till it shows up. <laughs> but Tim and Dan, your reign may be short lived. Yeah, I mean a shout out. Orange slices. <laughs> I mean, I think orange slices takes the cake every time. But they haven't shown up yet, so right now, Tim. Dan, you have my heart. Next time I want to be named specifically when you steal my Kickstarter news. <laughs> I think I think the Beatles had a song called Can't Buy Me Love. Shouldn't you have a song called Can Buy My Love? No, because then it, it just don't want to cheapen it. I mean, if you feel like you need an outpouring of love and support towards me, your favorite podcast host, who am I to stop you? Hey. I mean, you. Yeah, I. That's true. I've only gotten like one thing. You've already gotten like three things. People love me. That's true. And I love you. That's the thing. It's not one-sided here. All of the riveted. You guys are awesome. You don't have to send me anything. Just knowing you're there. 
playing games warms my fickle fickle heart <laughs> you know if i had a favorite they'd at least be a favorite for like two weeks that's because you don't like change it's not because you're not fickle. <laughs> that's, that is true <laughs> Because you'd have to, like, rethink about something and name somebody else. (laughs) That's true. It'd just be an ordeal. It's just easier for me not to have a favorite or not to do the thing. Yeah, you're you're, you're right. You're right. I mean, you know you're my favorite, but everyone else is vying for second place. Katie's Fickle's second favorite. (laughs) Yeah. That's what this is called now. Yeah, let's talk about news. (laughs) Move on for this unauthorized segment that makes me look like a terrible person. Yeah, it's pretty okay. It's fine. (laughs) Guys, please like me still. Okay, because I like you. All of you. I like Tim and Dan just a little bit more right now. But I do like all of you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. All right, so in news, oh, there's some cool stuff out there. And the first one I talk about only has seven days left. And And we are not back in this woke. I know, but I want it so bad. So I want to... I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. I want to talk about Role Player Adventures, which I'm sure... I know I'm late to the game. And there's another expansion or another... Yeah, the expansion to Role Player I don't have, which is sad because I love Role Player. It is so good. Um, A lot of people have compared it, and I would kind of compare it to Sagrada in that you are rolling rolling dice and then putting them in certain spots to be advantageous for your score. I love the D&D theme because I love (laughs) D&D. And surprisingly, Jason actually likes this implementation of it, um, even though he doesn't like D&D. Well, there's no D&D here. It's rolling dice and putting them in a row and column. Stop killing everything. It's so thematic. It's so thematic. (laughs) Yes, it is. Based on your race... You then have to like have certain you get certain buffs in certain stats and also as well as some negative certain stats. Like that's how it it works. It uh it's and then certain weapons and different things work for you based on like what class you are. It's so thematic. You don't even know. You don't. That's the problem. You don't even know, so you don't even recognize it. Anyway, so role player adventures is cooperative storytelling board game where you can take your hero that you have rolled up during regular role player and drop it into a story hello which is what i would love to oh my gosh there's like 12 story books there's dice there's maps there's oh it looks so good so it's kind of taken place um this draggle army is coming down and raiding um the city and you know you're gonna fight against them and so in the 12 story books you're like you know you make some choices you're doing like skill checks like you would you're fighting battles and it is like it's changing the world that you're working in and even for the future adventures which i think is super cool and you're getting allies and enemies and all kinds of stuff like just the great stuff that you're used to in a storytelling kind of role-playing game but it's all set in this role player board game world and they've unlocked a bajillion stretch goals, um, some secret online content. There's this full color party journal, which I think is really cool. They've got like pre-generated characters. So if you don't want to go through and play role player to get a character to roll up a character, which admittedly is time, um, a little bit time consuming. They have them already made, which is cool too, that you can get those as well. Uh, upgrading the card quality. You've got this party marker that's a miniature which is cool. Oh, I think there's 10 actually pre-generated characters. They hit a couple. Lynn and Finish. Oh, man. Oh, no, there's more. 15 pre-generated characters we're up to. Nope. Oh, and they could have five more even. They're getting close. So there's just tons of really great content. Okay, choose from one of 16 pre-generated characters. Oh, or import your favorite role character. Read the end, Katie. So if you like role player more than... You know, Jason does, which is just as a passing fancy, you roll and place dice. <clears throat> if you really love that, like, cooperative storytelling type thing, this is great. Or it's, you can also play it solo, which I think is really cool because then you have a, a way to enter into the role player universe as, as a solo gamer. However, it is a little pricey because you're getting a lot of stuff. 
So the basic backing is a hundred bucks, um, and there's seven days left. So if you liked role player, if you like D and D, if you like cooperative storytelling games, check out Role Player Adventures. All right, so they made this this dice game based on D and D. Then they're gonna take their dice game and turn it into D and D. So they essentially just did a new campaign for D and D. Yeah, which is always interesting. Yeah, you definitely changed my mind about it. I'm sold on it. I love this. You were not are not even open to trying, so I, I'm not even trying to. I you don't even count. Every time I try to get open to it, then I hear about it, and it just turns me off again. It's so it, get an imagination. That's all I have to say. Moving on. All right, I can talk a little bit about this next one. Okay, good because I'm eating my very last orange slice that I have. Yeah, I do hear that, so that's why I'm moving on to talk. <laughs> So the next game that we're going to talk about is a game that we have played. I've done a video for, and it is called Mantis Falls. Um, I don't know a ton about the campaign, but I know there's 19 days left, and the base game is $29. Um, So in this game, it's a game for two or three players only. You can't play more than three. And what you're doing in this game is you you, you witness the mob commit some kind of crime, and you're trying to go testify through them. But the issue is... While you're walking through the town to get, I don't know why you're walking, but while you're moving through the town, different streets, the mob sending people out to try to kill you. But you could also be playing with an assassin that's also trying to kill you. Or you could just be partnered with another witness who's just trying to make it out alive. So the game can either be fully cooperative or it could be semi-cooperative based on how the roles are played out because it's a hidden role type game. You got to kind of figure out what's going on. So there's some, basically what you're doing is you're moving this little guy down the street. You're going to be playing these actions from these cards that you have in your hand. And the cards are going to let you do different types of things. They may let you move further on the road. They could let you take a bus to move to another spot in the road. You could be using these cards to try to kill the bad guy that's trying to take you out this round that you think might be trying to take you out. And it's just, it's a really interesting kind of like... It's a kind of a tense game because you don't really know if you're working with the, with the person or against them. And there's some instances where they're not giving you full information. So then they all automatically look shady, even if they're on your team. So just, it, it, it's interesting. And that's a terrible description. It's terrible talking about it. But you can go check out our video and see how it plays. And now I'll let Katie talk to you more about the campaign because I didn't look that up at all. I don't know that we want me to tell you about the campaign. Um, they do, they have unlocked... Um, meeples which i think are really cool as you move through the town so these three unique looking meeples which i think is awesome it, ha- oh, it yeah. has like a film noir the, look to it the umbrella one's cool i like the one holding the umbrella yeah so i i mean the flavor text and stuff is cool it's it's really thematic the different things that happen on the cards um it's it's unlike any game that i've ever played and I feel like it's it's very tense and like your decisions really are very meaningful because you're fighting off outside influences while also potentially fighting against the other person, but you're not sure. And so it is very tense and you do feel like you're like trying to get to witness protection. Like it is a really interesting, tense game. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. Um Watch Jason's video, even though he's like a huge dork at the beginning and makes... Whatever. I'm in witness protection. I blur my face. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So go check that out. But um, also go to the Kickstarter for Mandos Falls. There are 19 days left and it's 29 bucks. Looks cool. Yeah. This game and Lawyer Up are the two most interesting games I think that I've played in a while. Yeah. So yeah, definitely if you're into interesting games that have interesting gameplay and are just different... This is one you need to check out. Even if you're not a fan of like that hidden roll thing, don't let that turn you off with this one because the gameplay is really fun even with that in there. Yeah, it's a pretty intriguing one. So my last bit of news is kind of a conglomeration of everything. So I mentioned earlier that I love D&D. And as a D&D player, one of my many obsessions, like a lot of other players, is dice. I love dice. So I had to limit... I All my dice are purple in color. I had to limit myself to that family. Don't you have one green set? No, I have one black set. Oh, yeah, black. Right, right, right. I have one black set because I was considering multi-classing to rogue. And so I'm like, I'm still considering that. So I need to have like that, the black set. It's spark. If you're a certain character, you have to have certain color dice. Is that how D&D works? No, but that's how I work. 
okay. It's like having matching accessories for your outfit, okay? Look. Stop. It's okay. Just talk about the dice. I already knew. I just wanted to get you riled up. I'm, I'm good. Why? See, okay, everyone, I feel like if people met us in real life, they must think that I'm a terrible shrew because you love to, like, get me on my soapbox <laughs> and start yelling about things. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that Katie, she must hate everything. I don't, guys. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. You shut it. Mission I, accomplished. All right. I'm everyone's favorite host, okay? Shut up. I mean, that is true. That's, I'm just trying to, to to swing the pendulum over in my favor a little bit, I guess. All right. So I live in Kickstarter, and there are tons of cool dice out there. I didn't even look at the cost because it's always astronomical. But some of the stuff is so cool. So I just want to share a bunch of different ones with you. Um, there's this meteorite and ocean dice. The meteorite dice have meteorite fragments. And the ocean dice are so pretty. They're like kind of lightly turquoise with seashells. Real seashells, people. That is awesome. I think that's so cute. There are four days to go on that one. Um, then oh, there's these handmade dragon scale dice. Okay, so they have like purple, like blue, and like pink scales. Like little scales, which are like really like look like flakes of, I don't know, shiny. I don't know what it is, shiny something. They're obviously not real dragon scales. No dragons were harmed in the making of these dice. Um, but they're gonna purple and an icy blue, a pink, and then they have like a firework one. So those look really pretty too. And who doesn't want to have like a dragon scale? one i mean come on so there's like 24 days to go on that set of dice these really competition they're called elixir dice and they have like these sharp edge liquid core dice they look sweet i mean uh the colors are like super rich and like sparkly which i don't know why but i always feel better when my dice are sparkly but they have this liquid core which i think is cool um, and so each of the different colors has different names, like Vanishing Oil is like silver, the silver dice set, and Ether Abstract is purple, and Paralytic Love is pink with like purple numbers. That is gorgeous. Ooh, Endure Elements, that's like this icy blue with blue letters. Uh, they're expensive, like 80 bucks for a seven piece set, but they are gorgeous. I thought you said they were 16 uh no that was a totally different thing uh okay. <laughs> not the elixir ones there's uh, eight days left to go weird. on the elixir ones but those are awesome yeah they're 18 i'm gonna back that one right now <laughs> cool <laughs> you mentioned something before we started about dice being 18 dollars. i'll something. get there i'll get there okay um then there's this other one ocean adventures polyhedral dice with a tropical twist so these are all pirate themed um sets of dice and they have some of them have skulls inside. Uh, some of them have rubber duckies inside, which are really cute. Um, what? Some of them have, these also have real seashells. Really neat, really cool dice. I've never had dice with stuff inside it. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'd probably like it. I'd probably get stuck looking at it. There's only five days left on that campaign. Then if you're like not into all the super warm, fuzzy kind of dice, there are these electronic age die sets, which are made with parts of like deconstructed like motherboards and stuff. The electronic age core dice, yeah. So they've kind of taken like disassembled laptops and other stuff and put them into dice. So there's four days left on that campaign. Really cool, totally different. Different kind of colors a little bit. And then finally, Probably my favorite is gelat the gelatinous cube. <laughs> and it's gelatinous cube soap. It is a cube that is soap. I think it's lime scented. And inside is a set of seven, your polyhedral dice, different colors. Um, you can get stickers. They are so stinking cute. I love it. Like monster shaped soap dice. So this is the gelatinous cube soap, which it's so great. Oh, wait. I think this project might be over. Oh, you can go to a store. Oh. Oh. So just to get this one set, you can go to a store? Okay. So 
You don't even have to go. You don't even have to kickstart this. That's weird. You can go to, um, it's the website called bugbearbubbles, B-U-G, bearbubbles.com. And it's the home of the gelatinous cubes out. And they've got unscented, lime scent, goodberry scent, and folk hero scent. And they each have a set of dice inside them. And they're 20 bucks Canadian is what it looks like for, and it's like, a, I mean, it's like a big cube. Like, um, I don't know, I'm not very good with dimensions, <laughs> but it's, it looks like a, maybe six in, six by six inches, maybe. It's smaller than the Empire State Building and bigger than bigger a penny. Than, but smaller than a bread box. <laughs> I don't I mean, does that seem right? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe like six six inch square, I would say. So it looks like pretty like you would get some soap use out of it. Then there's like little bones in there and stuff. It looks real cool. You gotta so, throw your back out while you're washing yourself with this. It's this not soap. that heavy. So that's gelatinous cube soap. And that's all I have for news since that derailed. Yeah, but yeah, dice are, dice are cool. Yeah, I always need more dice. If you want to be one of my fickle favorites, I love all kinds of dice. <laughs> all right, we need to get out of this. <laughs> Let's just go into some games that we played. All right, so the first game we're going to talk about. These are all three games that we played together. So we're back. We had we took a week off of playing games together, but now we're back. Yeah. And this first game that we're going to talk about, I got for Father's Day, but it was on back order. So we actually just got it last weekend at the <laughs> time of this recording. And this game is called Tricky Tides. Um, we've played this before, but I'm not sure if we talked about it. And either way, it was a long time ago, so we're going to talk about it again. And in this game, what you're doing is you're going to be commanding this boat and... You're going to be going around from island to island to either pick up some types of goods or deliver goods to fulfill these contracts that have certain types of sea monsters on them. You may also get to move one of those sea monsters around and take the special power of the monsters, which is going to manipulate some kind of cube somehow. But the way that you have to determine turn order of how you're going to move around this island is by doing some trick-taking. And not only are you trying to get in the lead in trick-taking to be able to move your boat first, you're also going to be playing cards that are going to allow you to move your boat in certain ways. So the higher the number... You can you the more ways you can move your boat, the lower the number, the more limiting you are on movement to your boat. So you, there may be times where you want to throw off just because you only want to move you can only move your boat one way and you're fine with that. And there may be some times where you need to throw a big card to get to move diagonal or whatever to get to that one island you need to get to. But yeah, this is a cool game. Uh, I like it. It's interesting to mix the trick taking with pick up and deliver, and it has really great art. And I'm glad we have it. And Hope to play it again soon. So I'll let Katie talk about it now. Yeah, the art is super cool on this. Like it's, I don't, I don't know what's a good way to describe it. It's kind of old, old world. Yeah, old school. Yeah, like it looks old, kind of old school. Like old world looking maps kind of, which I think is neat. And um, the pick up and deliver is, is really fun. And it's, I wasn't sure how much I would like this game. Because I'm like, why would you mix trick taking with pick and deliver? That sounds stupid. But it's really a casual component, and it's just a different different kind of element to it. Like, I, this is one of those where I'm like, okay, Katie, your friends want to play this game. Force yourself to play it. Suck it up. Quit being judgmental about the game. And I was so glad I did. Like, I mean, obviously so much so that I wanted to own it because it really is fun. It's a, just a different a different way to combine two really great mechanics. So, yeah, definitely check out Turkey Tides. It's really fast, too. I think it plays in like 30 or 40 minutes, even at four players, which is the max player count. So it's just a whole little ball of fun in a quick package, which is nice. Yeah, it was good. Um, the next one we played is also a really quick game, and that's called Shipwreck Arcana. And Jason talked about this game a bunch of times, and I was like, this sounds terrible. Why are you doing this? I don't want to play that. He's like, oh, but it's deduction where you guess numbers. And I was like, okay, numbers. I don't do numbers. Like we've been over this, um, but it it is kind of neat. Like yes, it does require some math, so I don't love that. But each person um, has a number line from one to seven. So these little tiles that are in your color, and then once your turn, you will draw two different number tiles out of a bag. 
and you'll keep one in front of you and that's the number that everyone else is going to guess. You then take the other number tile and you place it on these arcana cards that are out there and they are cards that help kind of give hints to the other players of what the number is that you have down in front of you. So it may be, um, you know, you place your tile here when the two tiles add up to 11 or less, or place your tile here if the two tiles add up to be an even number. And so there's all these different like possible um, like clues that can be given. And so then the other players are having you flip numbers over in your number line to narrow down what they think that the number is in front of you. And um, the more correct guesses you get, the more points you get, and then you're able to win the round. I think you need seven in a yeah, round. Yeah, seven. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. But while you're doing that, you're also trying to keep um, their, like, pips on the numbers. So when you place them on an arcana card, it can cause the card to fade, which will give you a new power, which is awesome. But it also then moves up the, what is that, danger track or the, doom track? The, do- the doom marker. The doom marker. And so your points are trying to race against your doom marker um, to get to seven. So it, I surprisingly enjoyed it, and the art is really cool. Yeah, this this game is is it's a real it's a simpler deduction game. It's not like awkward guest like heavy or anything, but the art is is cool. You can play it in like fifteen minutes, and just the way that the when you're giving clues using those those cards, the danger cards or whatever they're called. And the way that they fade is really interesting to me. So you're trying to balance which card you want to use because you may not use the best one because if you use it, it will make something fade and that's going to move up to Doom. So you might use one that's not as good and still give some clue because nothing will fade at that point. So there's a little bit of strategy to it, but I mean, it's, it's just a little fun co-op game that you're just trying to get some numbers. So yeah, I really like this game. It, it's fun. Yeah, it's quick too and it's something that like my sister, who is an accountant, who will never listen to the show, I think she might like this because she likes numbers and boring stuff like that. So Yeah, and when Katie said there's math, I mean, it's not like, you know, square roots and stuff. It's just like addition and subtraction and stuff. But still, if, if you don't love math, this could be a turnoff for you for sure. Yeah, and I don't love math. But uh, surprisingly, it that deductive, like, to solve the riddle kind of thing is really motivating to me as well. So I was okay to deal with it. As long as I have another partner who's making sure I'm doing math right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It would be terrible if, like, you gave, you added up the, your math incorrectly and threw everybody off. <laughs> exactly. That's what I kept worrying about. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope I did this right. <laughs> I wasn't worried about you, actually. I was worried about Brandon a few times. <laughs> but he, he was good. He, he got it. He got it. He, he was good. I, I had more faith in him than I guess you did. <laughs> Brandon, I know you're going to listen to this. Listen to that. Jason doesn't think you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just after he put the the little um, the little token down on a card, he looked really like concerned about what he did. So I just <laughs> thought like either he didn't understand the card or he did math incorrectly. I was like, oh great, we're gonna we're gonna increase some doom. But no, it was all good. It just he had a moment of doubt, which gave me a moment of doubt. But it was all good. <laughs> all right, so the last game that we're gonna talk about that we played is actually another one that has a video, and it is off of Kickstarter now, but it was on Kickstarter maybe a month or so ago, and it's called Panda Main Traditional <laughs> Farmer's Bread. So before we even talk about this game, I just want to say that the only reason I really wanted to do this game, to cover this game, is the theme. It's awesome farming, and it's about bread. <laughs> it's about making bread. Like it's... <laughs> it's awesome. It's everything that I've ever wanted in a Euro game, a Euro game theme, and I like it a lot. So this is a, a worker placement game where you're sending your little workers out around the board to collect ingredients to make bread, to get different types of grains to make different kinds of bread. You may have to go hire um, a baker that will let you make better types of bread because you can only make like little terrible... I can't remember the names of it. It's orange bread. Yeah, spell orange bread. You can only make that until you get a a baker, and then he's going to let you make green bread, which is rye. No, rye is yellow. And oat which is green. Green is oat, yeah. And then once you upgrade your baker, you'll be able to make wheat bread, which is the big dog. It's Unless like the... you get like the one stupid baker who doesn't know how to make wheat bread like me <laughs> when you've true. got a bunch of wheat bread to make, and you're like, oh, forget this. <laughs> he just makes green and yellow, which really was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm uh, so mad. 
So yeah, what you're trying to do is it's just basic like normal resource management conversion to try to make the best types of bread to sell it for different amounts of money and points. But the interesting thing about this one is certain places work differently based on the phase of the game, which is day, dusk, night, and dawn. So depending on what phase of the game it is, it's going to determine where you can go and what you can do. Majority of the game takes place during the day, but then in dusk, which is, yes, dusk, you're going to take all your guys back and all your bread's going to go stale that you've made in that daytime round. Then at nighttime, you can pay some money to go out to four of the four of the locations on the board and take an action there. So you kind of get to do an additional action, but you're going to pay some money and you're limited to what you can do. And then when it's date or dawn, you're going to do some more things. Uh, the church track's going to come slap you around. I think it's actually called the Inquisition in this one. They're going to come slap you around if they get too far in front of you. So you're trying to manage your church track. You're trying to get ingredients. You're going to go visit the villages to sell your bread. So the villages will be on your side to give you a little set collection bonus for getting all four of the different types of villager cards. Again, terrible explanation. We have a video, but I like it. So now I'll let Katie talk about it. Yeah, I, I think the theme is super cool because there's not a lot of games about making bread. It's an amazing theme. Amazing. It's a cool theme. And also, like, you then, it is, there, you want to do so many things, but you only get, like, four workers. <laughs> and so it's it's that balance of, okay, I need to get ingredients. I need to go to the church track. I need to make bread. But if I'm going to make bread, I have to sell bread before night comes or it's going to go stale and it's not going to be worth as much. Or I could bake bread at night. Um, but I might need milk for some bread that I want to make tomorrow. But if I wait till night, that milk goes sour and it spoils and I can't use it to make bread. Um, and then when I do take bread ingredients, I've got to get the right ingredients to make the good quality bread instead of the really crappy bread. Um, or else your reputation as a baker goes down, which is part of my problem. But I don't, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Uh, so thanks, Joan. Thanks, Joan Jet. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but I do because I lost, so that probably didn't help. That's true. I love this game because I won this one. I know. I just, I think I just need another go and I can beat you. But it, it, it's a fun, it's classic Euro worker placement resource management game. So if you like that, you'll like Pandemy. Yeah, it, it has a little bit of different things. Like the way the market works in this one is different. It's not something that I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to explain it here. You can go check out the video and see how it kind of works. But it's an interesting, different uh, take on how to go to a market and get some goods. So yeah, it does a lot of the same things that Euro games do, but there's a few differences in here that makes this one worth having. So that's Panda Main, traditional farmer's bread. All right, and that is the games that we have played. So tonight, tonight, dang it, every time. <laughs> tonight, today, tomorrow, whatever. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this. Um, for this episode, last episode we talked about... Um, I don't even know what we talked about last episode. <laughs> I don't know. It was en- engine builders. Engine okay. builders. Last episode, so we talked about engine builders. And so I thought, well, why don't we continue on this theme of, you know, these types of games that have like a certain mechanic or a certain thing that we want to highlight. And one that Jason, I know, really loves is... The Rondelle. Um, so these are some of our favorite Rondelle games. Now, for me, I have to mention that when I was thinking about Rondelle games and looking at the ones we have, either one, I have not played most of the prominent Rondelle games, or two, I don't like them. <laughs> so that didn't bode well for me. But there are some games that I enjoy playing. I wouldn't say, oh, these are my favorite games of all time, but they are of Rondell games, ones that I do like. So my first game is a classic, and I do not like its successor, but I do really enjoy Zulk in the Mayan Calendar. So this game has all these really cool gears that fit together, which are Rondells, that move around with each turn, and that's changing what you get if you decide to pull your worker off that particular rondelle. And so you're balancing what workers do I put out? What workers do I take back? When do I take them back? Do I push my luck a little bit more? Let the wheel turn? What kind of stuff do I need? What kind of stuff does someone else need? So can I kind of 
stop that wheel turning from happening, force them to do something different, to build up my temples, to get the corn I need. So much going on in this game. And the rondelles are just really cool. They look just really cool. But also just the balancing of when you want to put on and when you want to take off. I think that's so great. So my first choice is Zulkin. Yeah, it's interesting because Teotihuacan, or however you say it, is the the follow-up to this game. And it's on BGG as a rondelle, but this one isn't. And while, yes, it's not that kind of rondelle, you're still putting your worker on a circle. And the worker's moving around the circle, also known as a rondelle. And then you're taking it off later to get the stuff. So I don't know why Teotihuacan is a rondelle and this one isn't. It's kind of weird to me, but... BGG doesn't know everything. That's what I'm coming down to. Well, clearly, because I looked up rondelles and there are like 79 rondelle games. You're telling me out of like 100,000 games, 79 of them have rondelles? <laughs> that seems a little off, but... I don't know. Do you think this mechanic is really used that much? Apparently not. I thought that... I was going to say when you were doing the intro that I thought I liked rondelle games and I play a ton of them. But after I was looking through the list, I was like, man, I know like six of these. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently it's not a big deal, but... I do like these that I'm going to talk about. So, But you agree that Zulkin is a rondel game? I do agree with that, yes. It's not a typical rondel where you're actually like moving, physically moving around a circle, but it does a rondel mechanism. You are physically moving around a circle. You're not. What I mean is you're not moving your piece. You're not physically moving your piece from space to space around a circle. You're putting your piece down and time is moving it around the circle. So, yes, it's a rondel, but it's a different rondel semantics it is semantical yes you're right <laughs> so my first game that i want to talk about has the traditional rondelle in it and it is called craft wagen or craft wagen and while this whole game doesn't base around the rondelle the rondelle is a huge part of it because it's the way you select the action that you want to take in the game so in this game you're trying to build old cars and race cars to sell to certain types of buyers based on what they want like cheap um, high quality engines high quality body so on and so forth and you're also trying to build this test track car so you can race around the test track and score points because that's what you do but the way you're doing all of that is you're taking your little disc and you're moving around this rondelle track and as pieces in the back of the rondelle go away they then move to the front to become a new action for someone else to take. And it also does that Takedo thing where whoever's farthest in the back gets to go for gets to, you know, take the next action. So they're still they're moving their little piece around this rondelle to select the action that they want to take. Not the main gist of the game, but without that, there wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to do any of the other sections of the game. So my first game is Croftwagen. I've never played this. I think you'd like it actually. It's pretty fun. Uh I'm also hesitant to play games about cars because I don't care. About yeah, cars. I mean, this theme, I could care less about the theme too, but the gameplay is fun. I know, but I'm also trying to tell myself you need to play things regardless of their theme and get over it. So I'm trying to be better. I would probably try it, but I we just haven't played it. I don't know. Yeah, I've played it like three times. And don't think that, don't let Kanban, I know you don't love Kanban, but don't yeah. let that, don't let that one turn you away from this one because they're completely different. This one's way lighter than Kanban. It is completely different mechanisms. Plays in about a third of the time. They're completely different. They just have the same theme. That's what I was getting ready to say. I'm like, I probably haven't played this because I have a taste in my mouth from Kanban. And so that's why I'm not super interested. I haven't been super interested. In this, but, you know, I'd give it a go. I'm, I'm willing to try. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So my next one um, is a really new game. Yeah, is it, even, it is new. Is it out yet? Uh, it might. I think it just came out. If not, it will be coming out soon. Gosh, we sound like snobs. I don't even know this game's out. I've had it for so long. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually, we got a review copy, and the game is Winterborn. Um, and I am so terrible at remembering games. But so this one has like, you each have like a little rondelle to yourselves as your player board. And so you're moving around these different areas because you want to, not, I guess, conquer them. Is that right? Is the right term? Conquer? Yeah, yeah. you're trying to conquer, plunder, pillage, tax these different areas to get resources out of them and money. Yeah. And the reason it's called Winterborn is because you go through the 
phase the season of winter yeah you're doing summer spring autumn and then during winter you get this special power a winter born power and that's going to trigger the end of the game when winter's over winter is coming but they're like the thing about winter born that's really great is that you are making really like crucial decisions of okay what kinds of things do i need where do i need to go do I need, am I going to get more points if I like establish a settlement here? I get more points if I just plunder it because I need the money. Like I just, I, I like the choices that are made and it's all based on a really a very small rondelle. Maybe what? Eight, eight different. Yeah. There might be eight spaces, maybe six. Yeah. No more than I would say eight that you're moving around. So it's really a really condensed rondelle and everything is really happening within that. I mean, there's stuff outside the board, obviously, but your player board is what kind of determines your points. So you really need to work that rondelle. And so I think it's just kind of an interesting take, again, probably maybe not a, a rondelle in the purest sense, maybe, but that is where all the action's happening is you're moving around in a circle, and that's in Winterborn. Yeah, the rondelle on this one sit, like, kind of almost feels like a Mancala to me a little bit. It has like that same kind of vibe where you're just, it's a, a super condensed, like, yeah, I, I just looked at a picture, there's six spaces. So you have six spaces you're going to go to that fire off actions. So based on what your next two relating to the main board is what actions you can take at the locations you can take. So it, and there's some deck building and stuff, but that's kind of side to the rondelle. Now I'm going to call it a main because I said that. So, but yeah, this is a, a cool game. It's interesting. It's It's pretty different too. Yeah, and I, I like this one. This is a good pick. I also have a video for this on the channel, too, if anyone cares. Um, so my next one is a game from... Oh, I forget. I think it's Keesling. Michael Keesling. You know I have no idea. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I'll, Michael Keesling. And it. if we're wrong, yeah, Katie will tell me. So this game is called Heaven and Ale. And the the reason I picked this one is because the board that you're moving around on is a big rondelle. It looks like a... a a racetrack it's got some you know it's like looks like a racetrack and you're just moving around taking different actions but the gist of this game is you're trying to move around on this board to collect different types of tiles to put on your player board which are going to give you different types of goods to make beer and you're trying to make the best beer you're trying to move your brewmeister up to get him as high up on the track as you can because if he doesn't hit a certain threshold you don't get any points so you're trying to be efficient and moving around the rondelle to get the stuff that you need, spend the least amount of money, get the certain types of tiles that you need on the certain side of the board because the bright side of the board is going to give you money and the dark side of the board is going to give you resources for those colors. So you're trying to balance where you're putting things down. You're trying to enclose certain areas next to monks so they fire off bonuses for those tiles. It's just a good thinky game that I enjoy and without the rondelle, there wouldn't be anything here. So that is Heaven and Ale. Yeah, that's um, Kiesling and Andreasment. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was the, the co-designer, too. Uh, yeah, I've only played this once, and I still can't tell you if I like it or not. <laughs> I, I don't dislike it, but I don't, I don't know if I like it yet. Because it is so thinky, I feel like, like in other games, I feel like you don't get a satisfaction, really, of a good turn. It's always like, well, what's the least crappy thing I could do that gets me something? You know, like, it, do, it it does feel like that. It does. So I think that's why I don't love it, but I I, I do think I like the the thinkiness of it. I I think, <laughs> but I don't. The pro, the thing is, I don't remember this rondelle. I thought it was square. You moved around the outside of the board, but. I mean, a rondelle can be square. I mean, the board itself is square, but the rondelle in, on the board is like, I don't know, looks like a racetrack. Has straightaways and then some corners. Oh, but, okay. I was just thinking about my player board, which is kind of a circle, but it's really fields. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's no rondelle there. Yeah, I don't know that I would consider this a rondelle, but, I mean, I guess since when you're moving around to get, like, the different prizes and, I, I don't, not prizes, but. It is, like benefits. Resources and tiles, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I could see, maybe. Uh, I don't think this is your strongest rondelle choice, but... Uh, it definitely is a rondelle. Okay. BGG tell you that? Because I already just said they're not right. BGG did tell me that, and I know it's a rondelle because I've played it like four times, and 
you pick actions on a run. I played it one time, and I'm saying, yeah, there's a round thing, but it's like a, it's not really round. <laughs> it's kind of like an ovalish thing. We're gonna call this our favorite round things game. It's like, like say, it's like saying home stretch is a rondell game. No, it's the same shape. Right, we should probably move on to another game because this is this this conversation is never going to end. So let's just move on to the next one. I still would like to play it again, even though I don't think it's a rondel, but whatever. Yeah, I I actually think I didn't really like it my first time either. The more you play it, I think when you understand it better, it actually you is do more better. fun. Yeah, I mean I don't do better. No better do better. Do better. <laughs> yeah. So my last game is actually one of my favorite games. It is legitimately a rondel, and in fact, with the expansion, it is. Dual rondels. So and many that, rondels. All, all the rondels. <laughs> and maybe this is why I thought, oh yeah, I like rondel games because I like this game. And that is Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> we like one rondel game, so <laughs> let's do a whole episode. I Well, I realized quickly after working on it, <laughs> uh, you just like Merlin. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I really do. And Merlin is definitely rondel. Um, in just the base game, you are moving your pieces, you are moving Merlin around um, this rondelle to choose your actions. Then with the Merlin expansion, you've got another rondelle inside that rondelle. Inside, so there's the outside rondelle, there's the Merlin rondelle, and there's some, the Arthur rondelle. Woo. All yeah, the rondelles. It, it's confusing. It's a lot of rondelles. But with all the pieces moving, like it's just, uh, there's so much stuff to balance. To see what's going to put you in an advantageous spot. Um, where do you need to like stake a claim on these different little cities? What kind of things you need to fight off invaders? Like it's just, it's such a good game, such a good game. Yeah, and I agree. That's why I made it my last one as well. Uh, I couldn't have a Rondell game list without having Merlin on here because that is one of my favorite games and a perfect Rondell. Like. The way that they do rondelle in that game is is great, and it works so well. It's the pattern by and, which all the rondelles <laughs> are judged. Steffenfeld killed the rondelle. No one else can do it anymore because he has perfected it. And clearly in my mind, no one else did a rondelle because I was like, oh, my goodness, games. <laughs> Just Merlin. Merlin's the only game in existence with a rondelle. Just Merlin. All this other stuff, what are you talking about? So yeah, like like Katie said, this is you're moving around two rondels if you're using Arthur, which is probably be the way we play it always because it's just more fun to me. And um, you can move certain pieces clockwise, certain pieces can go clockwise or counterclockwise. You're collecting things from different areas on the board to do special abilities to get points. You're trying to fulfill these contract cards that you have; they're going to get you some points. You're trying to collect these little picks, picked that are going to give you some points and some goods, or if you don't have enough, they're going to slap you around. So it's just everything that I like in a game. It's tight. It's mean. Not other players are mean, but the game is kind of mean. And I dig it. So that is my number one, Merlin. It's my number one as well. And I'm interested. I saw the Morgana expansion. I don't know what, uh-huh. what that's going to do. Is there going to be a Rondell inside the Rondell inside the Rondell inside the Rondell? I don't know. That would be awesome. Three Rondells. But I'm there for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they had the Kickstarter for that, I didn't, I didn't get that one. Like, I what? backed Arthur. Yeah, I backed Arthur, but I didn't do Morgana. It just seemed like, I don't know. It just something about it felt like it cost too much money for what it was. You think so that I'll about just, everything? I know, and I'll just wait till we go to Gen or Origins, and they'll have it there, and we'll get it there next year, two years from now. Next, next year, oh, we're gonna go next year. I'll burn something down if Origins is not open. Maybe I won't burn it. Maybe I won't burn it down. Let me take that back. Maybe I should edit that out. Everyone. (laughs) I have nothing to do with this plan. That was all Jason. You notice I had nothing to do with this. Yeah, I will not burn it down. I repeat, I will not burn it down. I may burn it down in my head, but I won't really burn it down. But I do really want Morgana because this one is (laughs) Yeah, there's also the, the Knights of the Round Table expansion too, which gives everybody like a couple player powers Ooh, i love player powers. yeah it's a, a little one but that, this looks like a serious expansion and that's what i want yeah i mean we'll get it eventually for sure that's true if someone you know sees it gets a kickstarter whatever wants to send it to us <laughs> if you want to be katie's favorite you would totally you can... be my favorite <laughs> i'm just kidding 
You're already uh, my favorites. So those are our favorite Rondell games after we probably butchered the Rondell. So clearly we need to play more Rondells. What are your favorite Rondell games? Let us know, please. And you only have 79 to choose from. So pick one of those. Right. It's a tight pool. And so that's good because <laughs> I, I honestly was like, I played the four that we talked about. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. So um, please let us know. Tell us on our Facebook page. Join our Riveted group on Facebook. You guys in the Riveted group are awesome. You're always posting great games. Nobody's negative. We're uplifting. I love that. I love that. It is such a, not to be trite, but it really is, I feel like, a safe space on the vacuous hole that social media can be sometimes. Speaking of social media, find us on Instagram or Twitter. Slip into our DMs. Send us a message on any of those. We'll get them. We're happy to chat with you. Um, Jason Mann's the Twitter and Instagram account, but if you message the Facebook account, I will message you back. Um, and always check out our YouTube page. Jason is turning out videos. He's trying to get creative and weird. I don't know how I feel about it, but you guys let him know. Give him the feedback. Um, we haven't had games show up for a while, so I haven't done an unboxing video. But as soon as one shows up, I like, ordered a new bathing suit and it came in a box. And I was like, should I do an unboxing video for this? I just feel like we're kind of hitting a dry spell. And I'm like, no, nobody cares about my Harry Potter bathing suit. Um, <laughs> Sometimes Tom Vassell will do unboxings of like candy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I get candy sent, I will unbox it on the video. <laughs> so definitely stay in contact with us. Let us know what you're gaming, how you're gaming, what's going on. Because we love to hear from you guys. So it's been kind of a zany episode. And I think we definitely need to wrap it up. I had about six orange slices before this started. And now I am I have none. So it's time orange to go. Slices are, orange slices must be the new dairy. The new dairy. I guess so. <laughs> well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.